Bienvenidex to Merendeando. Merendeando. Usually it sounds like we're about to enter into like a wrestling ring. We're like merendeando. It sounds like we just had delicious snacks. Yeah, like we're happy. That we're together in the same room. Yeah, it usually sounds like that. It's not, doesn't sound like that right now. That's okay, you know, change is okay. Change is okay. Change is part of life. As you may be aware, there is a pandemic. We are in our perspective homes. Yes, on different parts of Toronto, Ontario, Dugaronto, on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, Confederacy, the Wendat, uh, beautiful land. We are in different parts of the city that is here now. And this is actually our take two, because the first one was too sad. Honestly, and it's 100% my fault. I think the first time we tried to record this, um, Monica innocently asked me how I was doing, and then I took five minutes to almost fucking cry about it. And guess what? That is real, and I acknowledge that. I I love myself. I love my sadness. Like, I don't think that the, I need to share my therapy session online. You know, it's okay to be sad, but I think we're just going to, like, keep it to the point, because we have a lot of really interesting things that we cover in this episode that I really want to get to. So why don't we just start? How about I ask you first, Monica? This podcast is a podcast where we want to uplift local artists, share their stories, and today we are the special guests. We do have some other special guests that chime in a little bit later, but that's a surprise. Keep listening, you'll find out. But uh, we are the main guests, and so you are a wonderful local artist. And I want to ask you, how have you been dealing artistically with the changes that have been happening in the past few weeks slash months? I've been dealing okay. I think at the beginning I was like, whoa, downtime. Nobody's going to ask me to perform and, and, and I can just take a little time for myself. And after I think the first week I was like, oh no, I need to perform. So I started to write a little bit more, uh, at least prompts for jokes and, and sketches. And I'm also starting to do more shows online. Uh, we'll be sure to put it on the notes if you are curious to see how they look like. Absolutely. But I'm also excited to to know uh, like the science behind all this, like performing online. That's something that, in this circumstances, it's it's it. I find a little bit of joy of learning something more. And I'm also like, Aluna Theater keeps us busy, which is such a blessing. Such a blessing. How about you, amazing artist, local artist, Camila Diaz Varela? Oh, I'm full of self-loathing. That's my honest answer. I mean, not always, not all day, but it's it's like an emotional roller coaster over here. Long story short, I was taking a beautiful trip to Mexico where my family lives. I was going to be out of Canada for six weeks. I was also going to go to Colombia for the uh, Festival uh, Iberoamericano. Very excited about that. Never been to Colombia before. I was in a lot of remote places in Mexico because that's what my family and I like to do. We like to go and a lot of the special places to us are off the grid. Um, But obviously there's no internet there. So long story short, I didn't have internet for like most of March. I had to come back to Mexico super fast. Like within 24 hours, I was lucky enough to be able to find a flight. Um, and I like took a bunch of connecting flights from where I was to come back to Toronto, had to be in quarantine for two weeks and also had to process and come to terms with what was literally happening. So long story short, a huge shock for me, big shocker, big shock, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And I think I'm actually, this is a month now that I've been back and, um, 
yeah, I'm just starting to uh, have a space for something else in my brain besides, I don't even know how to describe it, like a gray cloud, a numbness, a fogginess, a murkiness. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We're living through a species-wide trauma and that's the truth. So we're all dealing with it how we can. Um, let me get back to creatively. I've been practicing my instruments a lot. I've been practicing them a lot. I love it. Um, that's really nice. I, but I can't write anything new. Literally, I have not been able to create anything new. It feels very hard to do. It's kind of very frustrating. I'm just letting myself be. I'm letting it happen. We'll see what happens, you know? But about the internet, I'm super interested in that too, Monica. Like, I think that the internet and liveness, it's a very interesting tool, but it is not and cannot replace live theater. And I think it's super important to acknowledge. And I think that I'm a little bit worried about people giving away all their beautiful talents for free, even though capitalism is fucking dumb. I don't want capitalism, but it's like, I don't know. I'm just a little, there's, I'm, I'm also cautious. I'm very intrigued and I'm also cautious. That's how I feel. Well, before we dive in into more of a conversation, we're going to give everybody an opportunity to get a little snack, something that you probably have in the house. Or if you were, if you're like, Hey, I want to support a local business and just order something right now, put us on pause, order something. Yeah. Uh, Maybe something from my side. Oh my gosh, do you even a little hint? Get yourself a little tasty street and then come back and we'll chat, okay? We're going to get into some really cool stuff. interesting it's been interesting seeing how mostly i saw in the comedy community a lot of people were like well, let's do shows and let's see how we can do stand-up and improv and sketch and it has been really interesting and a part of me at the beginning i was like i don't know if i want to do this and now i'm like after watching some of the shows i'm like i want a piece of that so i've been i got offered to do some online shows and at the beginning i was like i don't know if i I realized that my level of being afraid of failure, it's bigger when I feel is the internet. Because hmm. live, I think when I do a live show is, uh, with improv or comedy, it's like, I did it, it, uh, it was bad, it's over. And I walk away from it. But now in this idea of like, it's on the internet and it might live forever. Or like other people um, 
can see it or like I can see how many people are connected and disconnecting is is this weird thing of like I'm excited but I'm I'm excited about it because I think there's a whole science behind creating online and live yeah so it's been exciting for me and but yeah we're sitting down and writing something down being like this is my new play or this is my new things that's the only thing that I haven't figured out how to do because sitting and writing in my room where I've been all the time doesn't feel that's a really good point I know some companies are trying to do like zoom tv and stuff like that so one of, of the people who are doing that shows they were like you want to do something and i'm like yeah i want to do my own late night show and which i like because it doesn't need to be like funny funny mm-hmm. um but i was like maybe this is the time to experiment i reached out to my sister because i was like what if i interview you and she was so excited so i was like yeah maybe that's an ex- a thing that i i couldn't normally bring my sister to a show with me yeah. she lives in texas so but now because this is happening yeah i get to see my friends from mexico perform all the time because they just do lives and do stuff like that so in a way i was like my, most of my friends are excited because they're like we never seen you perform and i'm like i don't know what it's gonna be but you can now see me a friend that i haven't i haven't seen in five years can see me do something something i've been thinking about is like people who make theater or performance art, we're like, what we do is really important. Like, obviously we believe in what we do, but when your work is deemed as not essential and you should stay home, there's a little bit, it's just really interesting to see how our community has reacted in lots of different ways, like how the arts industry here has reacted. Because like, there's just still so much content being generated. I'm just so curious about that impulse to be a public figure right now. I, I'm so curious about it. There's been some artists who are very, very generous. There's lots of content to see, but I also think it's worth acknowledging that there's also probably just as many artists who are not posting anything, who aren't visible, who still like exist. But the thing about the internet is like, whatever catches your attention is what exists. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see things that aren't active. Like it doesn't come up on your feed, you know, it's, so it's just a, it's a different plane of existence. It's a different field of making work. Performing for the internet is something that I've thought about a lot throughout my career. I spent a couple years working closely with Spiderweb Show, which is a national online theater experiment. Basically, we did like a live show that was partially streamed from artists in different cities and we streamed it into the theater. We spent a lot of time thinking about the internet and performance and what they have to do with each other and how they serve each other and how they don't. And it's a huge realm of thought because mostly what I got at the end of our like creative sessions was like a deep physical exhaustion because part of the reason I love theater and I love performing is that I get to interact with people and the feedback in live and there's just nothing that can replace that. Like live streaming can't replace that. And um, I think we got a lot out of recognizing that we can't replace that. I understand that. That's my thing when I felt the itch to perform, but then knowing that this was the medium that I could do it right now, I I felt really hesitant of being like, but I, I like the reaction because I also that helps me to know where I want to go on my 
performance wise, how I'm telling a story or how I'm telling a joke or the reaction of the audience of the audience. Yeah. Right now, when I was like, pro, like trying to write how I'll do a show, a part of me needed to disconnect of like, don't think about the reaction. Don't think about the reaction. Like don't expect a laugh or a clap or don't like taking these ideas out of the way you perform or the way I perform has been the biggest work. Mm -hmm. Like more than going like, I'm going to start with a song and then I'm going to do this. More than that is being you know how to do that. the idea of like, you're okay if you don't get an instant reaction, like preparing yourself as a performer, as just knowing that you're going to be alone in a room with a computer and that's enough that's been the biggest instinct to develop because one thing is being vulnerable in front of people who are also vulnerable because you can see them who's absolutely there. it's kind of the same as like if someone saw a video of you it doesn't they could see it at midnight and you posted it in the morning like time is no longer a thing mm -hmm. the, the whole relationship with the audience just changes it kind of like gets all mushy and long versus like in the moment hot right there and it's weird. It's definitely something you got to adjust to. So I'm excited to talk to you in even like two weeks and see how you've, how you, what you think about it, how you manage it. Yeah. Maybe I will be like, not anymore. And you'll be like, I want to do it. <laughs> well, we'll see, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really happy just being in my house with my instruments, going to my backyard, pretending I don't exist in the world. <laughs> I know this is a podcast, but I'm putting on my hood. <laughs> it makes me feel safe in my house what it makes it for me what I like and even this podcast that we are so thankful Aluna forever it's I think what it helps me is having deadlines mm -hmm. it makes me feel that time is passing and totally. time is like I, at least with the podcast we know like every week we need to finish an episode so that makes me feel like Time is moving and I'm doing something to make the time move faster or move, mm -hmm. which helps me. And, and with the shows that I'm now like maybe trying to do online, it, it makes me have like a sense of like, I have a deadline because the show is going to happen this day. Mm -hmm. So then I have that, that deadline to be like, okay, I'm going to decorate this part of, of where I am and, and this wall and maybe I'll project it here. And then, yeah. So I'm curious about, perform because like when I think of you performing I think of you like on bad bad dog comedy or something on a stage doing sketch or like second city on the stage doing something but on the internet people who do like live streams it's like you're chilling at home bringing people into your home and what is the definition of performing now I think it's just shifting because People do all sorts of stuff on the internet and call it like a fun live stream. Some people are like, I'm going to cook and you're just going to watch me. Some people create a whole comedy set. Like, how is your experience? about connection. Just to feel connected to some, like parties like Club Quarantine. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Sunday, we, we checked it out because, and it was so nice to, I, maybe I didn't feel like dancing, but I wanted to see a, a, gay jesus perform so i connected to see gay jesus perform with a lot of other people in the internet so it feels like people are like you can he even feel the people being like yeah woo and yeah even though you're just in your couch being like look at my friend like yeah and that feeling of being together is like really special and i think it's something that we're really hungry for so that's really cool but let's back up club quarantine i don't know if everybody knows what that is 
What is it? If I describe it, we'll have a, a little interview that we recorded with Andreas where we can exp uh, they can explain a little bit more. But it literally started like, I think, a way of doing a, a, a party, a queer party. And it has grown. It's amazing. Like, it's amazing. I sometimes connect and you can see like a thousand people. Wow. And DJs from around the world are getting in this. And I send it to my sister who was in Texas. And my sister was like, me and my roommates were doing this every weekend now. That's fun. That's fun. I'm one of the co-founders of Club Q, aka Club Quarantine on Instagram. And um, it's a virtual queer dance party that basically takes the club to your home. And it literally just came out of Akiki. And it was on Instagram. And that limits you to only six people. So someone was like, oh, you know that there's like Zoom, like you can see up to 100 people. I'm like, oh my God, great. We want to just like to have more people. So like the first night we had 15 of us and like I DJed and it was just like, you know, I hadn't even figured out the sound yet. And then yeah. um, it wasn't until like the next day where it just kind of like exploded. And then it was like 50 people and then like a hundred people. And then like on the first night, one of our friends made a joke Instagram account and it was just like all a joke. And then, you know, a few days, a few thousand. And now here we are two weeks with 30,000 followers. And it's like, we just threw a, a party with Paper Magazine last night with Tanache and Kim Petras. And it's like, what? Insane, insane. Something that I've seen is you're doing a lot of collaborations with part local parties too, right? Yes, yes. Like one of the most important things, I mean, like we're here because of the community. Like the community is what amplified us. You know what I mean? It's like, seeing how much we needed that space you know and realizing like the club is really one of our only safe spaces as queer people that like it was only natural that it kind of adapted in this virtual sense at a time where like we're now all forced to be indoors um so we like have like um up-and-coming artists on the bill like last night with miss milano you know what i mean like just slaying it and like you know, just in the midst of, you know, headlining with Kim Petras and Tanache, like, yeah, everything that has to go back to um, the community. Club Q is such a cool example of that, that you can have these big stars and local artists, like, same, same platform. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what? One thing that has really saved my ass the last three weeks that I've been in my house is dancing. It's like, the act of like getting your spirit and your body to do something together, it really helps. So that it totally makes sense to me why club quarantine is so popular because people just want to like feel like they're with a bunch of people and that they can move their bodies. And that like, it's, it's like way more embodied because one of the things that really messes me up about being on Zoom calls all the time and technology is like, my body's really still, my brain is working double because I'm like looking at a screen and talking and trying to verbalize everything so that you can understand me. And like, there's just not a lot of connection. So that's really cool. Club quarantine is such a cool thing. Dance with a bunch of strangers as you will do in a club, which is great. Yeah, It's kind of like the perfect introvert's answer because you can dance with a bunch of other people, but you have all the power in the world to just like click and then you're gone and you're safe again. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really impressed with how people, some people 
are trying to adapt. Because I also I feel that's the, the, the thing right now is like, if this is the new normal, how do we adapt to it? Or how some people have been adapting to it even since before this started? See, this is a really important point right here. I think we are relying a lot on the knowledge of the disability community who mm -hmm. knows how to like not have to leave your house for a long time and still be quote productive unquote and like still get things done exactly that's a really good point because we also reached out to Ophira Caleb who we had as a guest at the beginning of this season and she's been doing something that I love that it's called uh, Crip Tips yeah I mean we've mentioned Ophira's Instagram before on the podcast so if you haven't already checked it out you should now because exactly like she's doing these regular posts which are like text boxes of just like really really insightful little snippets of information that could help anybody who's like stuck at home has limited capacity have a nicer time basically so we asked her about that it kind of started because when everything was starting um, all of the news piling up, um, I kind of felt uh, that the disability community was a little bit invisible in a lot of the conversations, uh, which invisible, and then also there was sort of this surgence of um, very, uh, very clear ableism in a lot of the coverage of people saying, well, you know, it like, it only affects, you know, the elderly and the immunocompromised immunocompromised uh, people, so we don't have to worry. I saw that in a lot of different um, arts groups. And uh, simultaneously, I was seeing people who were staying at home for the first time and really struggling with it. Um, and I kind of felt that like, oh, wait a minute, um, this experience is not a new one for many disabled people um, in the sense of, you know, I've spent years not being able to go out um, and a lot of people have been in similar situations due to both accessibility and their own um, health needs and symptoms. Uh, so I kind of started this thing on Instagram. I made a video called, uh, based around the idea of super crit, um, which is sort of an existing term about disabled people, uh, quote unquote, overcoming their disabilities. Um, that I decided to take ownership of that and be like, wait a minute, this is my time to shine. Um, and I felt like I could bring, feel a little bit more agency as a disabled person in this time uh, by putting something out there in a funny way, um, a little bit silly, but also being like, yeah, I, I have some skills that are very specific to this time period. And uh, whether or not people are asking for them, I will share them. <laughs> I think that that's super useful. I, I'm pretty happy that you're shining a light of like, um, hey, some people have been in isolation for longer than you think. Like, this is to some for the people that might be this might be not that new, and there's ways to navigate it. Um, <laughs> most things, most of my crypt tips are things that I learned through hard, hard one experience. Can you give us a crypt tip live right now? <laughs> live cryptive i mean right now i think like the uh the sun is shining i think one of the biggest things with the cryptips is uh an element of adaptability so even for people who can't go outside if you can like 
be close to a source of light, a window if you have one, and even like put on a fan. Uh, it feels really nice. It's lovely. And yeah, sometimes little things like that uh, can just feel nice for a moment. And I think in this time, it's moment by moment. And uh, talking about connection, um, something that I've been thinking a, a lot is like how like I have family in Mexico. I know you have family in Mexico. We probably have friends all over the world. And how, even though the borders are closed, I never felt more closer to like my family or my friends who are not here. Because mm. I feel this feeling of like everybody's in their little bubble made us think or the bigger thing of like, okay, what if these are the rules in my country? What are the rules in your country? And how do we keep connecting that even though we can't physically travel there if something happens, uh, how do we keep each other informed and in each other's life? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, how's your family doing in Mexico right now? I have seen it. My family is, my sister's in Texas. My parents are in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And my sister, she has been out of like work for a while. So my dad reached out to both of us and being like, how are you doing? How are you doing? What is going to happen? And it's been interesting to see this thing of like how economy-wise it, it will affect the whole family where, where we are. Mm. And that's a lot of like how the government is dealing with each thing. But yeah, it's been interesting to hear, also educate my mom from a distance in a weird in a weird way of being my mom would be like i'm just gonna go to the grocery store five times a day <laughs> and you're like hey mommy i don't know if your president has told you anything but don't <laughs> don't do that please. like a lot of the information at least for my mom comes from my sister in texas and me here because hmm. my mom doesn't really want to watch the news or she does she's not a person who is connected to the internet at all uh-huh so that's been really interesting yeah, and connecting yeah. with friends more that I haven't seen in years. That's been really nice. Like, it's nice that we're connecting more, but it's also sad that it took a pandemic <laughs> to reach out to, like, my cousins. <laughs> Aw. Well, that's so... I'm glad that that's happening, though, because, like, I feel like social connections are what are going to make this time really nice. And it's really nice to hear that you have that. Also, I love going back to, like, social media and stuff, that most of the big pictures on people uh instagrams are just like throwbacks now oh yeah <laughs> totally Rem reminiscing like listen i i have definitely put on some sad instrumental piano music and looked through my gallery that has been an afternoon i've had or watching movies me and my roommate watch a lot of movies we just see when we see people in like big groups in the movies and we're like wow <laughs> i know right remember that like yeah. yeah. I mean, the other day was International Theater Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And like every year on that day, I always like actually sit and reflect about it because I don't know, sometimes theater feels like, why am I doing this? So then <laughs> every year I just kind of reflect and think like, okay, why am I connected to this? Like, why is this the thing? And uh, I just remember feeling so deeply sad <laughs> sad because i was like i can't believe that i took for granted that i got to like be with groups of people 
I got like for a job, I get to like gather with people and we get to not know what's going to happen. We get to like take risks. We get to mm-hmm. talk about things. We get to practice something for each other. It's a, it's a team sport. Theater is a team sport and life is a team sport. And right now I, I'm a team. I'm, I'm team Camila, but like with <laughs> a bunch of people that I can't see or touch. I forgot to mention this. Like I haven't like touched anyone, another person for three weeks. And I actually think that's a huge reason why I feel the way I do. Like just numb the world because I came from Mexico. Okay. I came from Mexico and in Mexico, every time you enter and exit a room, you're hugging and kissing people, whether you know them or not. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was surrounded by family. It was super affectionate. My heart was feeling so like warm and creative and just connected. And anyway, I had to come back really suddenly. And I think the shock of like being surrounded by family and like hugs and sports on the beach and kisses on the cheek. But now it's been three weeks and I, part of my morning routine is giving myself a hug (laughs) because anybody to give me a hug, man. I want a hug. That's rough. I don't know. I feel stupid complaining about it too, because it's like, I have all everything that I need. I have food, I have safe bed and I don't have to leave my house if I don't like have to, have to, want to. But I think it really affects my brain. I think it's going to be interesting when this is over, how we're going to reconnect to touching. I have been daydreaming about the moment when it's all over. And this is what I imagine. Do you want to know? Tell us. First, okay, this is, the, this is what I'm manifesting, y'all. You're all in this now. I grab my tuba. It's like the heaviest instrument that I have. I go down with everyone in my neighborhood. For some reason, we're a parade. We're, we're, we're like singing and dancing and having a great time. It's like a parade. And we all just parade down Bathurst and Spadina to Cherry Beach. For some reason, I don't even like Cherry Beach. It's not even my favorite beach, but we're going there in my brain. And then there's going to be like a four-day impromptu just festival of people like performing and music and a bonfire and there's food. And it's just like, and we're all going to dance and we're going to be on the beach and it's going to be day and that's going to be night and that's going to be day again. And uh, I'm not going to leave the beach for four days and it's going to be great. That is a dream I've had many times. I was thinking, I was thinking that also being like, I think after this is over, I need a vacation. Ah. I was thinking, I was like, I think I need to be alone after this. In a yes. weird way, I was like, I think I want to, when these people are like, you can go hug people, I will be like, no. And then I'll just stay for like a, a little time on my own and then be like, I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be really overwhelming. So that makes sense to me. It's like this communal trauma. Oh, absolutely. No, I've been thinking about it like that for sure. Like species-wide, we're in like a species-wide trauma event and we're actually in it. It's not like it happened and we're dealing with it. It's like we're actually actively in it right now and we don't know when it's going to be over and we don't know what's going to happen. So people are acting in all sorts of ways that they need you to manage. If you want to get advice, you can follow some people if you want to go to parties some people are throwing parties for you online if you want to do shows we know so many friends who are doing shows so i think at least some people are putting out their stuff being like hey want to watch this weird improv show online <laughs> i need to ask because we are merendiando 
Mm-hmm. What is your pandemic, uh, pandemic snack? My pandemic merienda. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the zinc lozenges I've been having every day. Those are good for me. And what? they're consistent. Zinc lozenges? Zinc supplement? Oh. Your immunity. I'm taking them. Yeah. Um, that's not a snack, but it does taste like orange. So it's kind of like a little treat. Have you been making bread? Because the amount of people making bread I know. on the internet. I'm going to try to make a tres leches for my birthday. <gasps> Yay! going to try. If I see the thing and I overwhelm, I'm just going to buy a cake. <laughs> but okay. it sounds okay. such a quest during this time to go try to find three milk. I know. If you don't find them at the same store on the one day you go out, you're like, well, no. Yeah. You're like, do you oh. really want these tres leches? <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're missing a milk, I can look in my pantry and I can get a milk to you. Hmm. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, I mean, I'm going to think about... What, what's your merienda snack, Monica? Oh my God. Like I came to the realization during this pandemic that I'm not a great cook. Oh. <laughs> like eggs, you got me anything with cheese, I'll put it on. But, yeah. but I, it was a sad realization. No. Yeah. I feel I like you're not the only one. Yeah, that's a thing. And this, this is going to sound weird, but Lucia, who's from Peru, gave me this, chocolates that they brought from Peru but like so long ago and then we found them and we've been eating these like Peruvian chocolates that sounds amazing that we're pretty sure they're expired but that has been such a snack for me right now we're like literally counting down and we're like we can't eat them because there's four left (laughs) that's sweet it's a precious treat from another life Mm -hmm. you know you made me think uh the first week that I was here I was like super fresh from Mexico being like, why is it so cold? I'm very angry. And I found out that my sal, which is like a local organic tortilla, Mexican food maker. They also have a farm. It's pretty great. It's a pretty great spot. Um, They were delivering their fresh tortillas and their fresh masa by bike. So I ordered two kilos of tortillas and I ate them all with my housemates. And then I ordered a bunch of masa and we made tamales. And that was really, really amazing because just like, it was the first time that anything had been delivered to my house, like waiting on my porch, just a delicious like package of food throughout the quarantine. And I was like, wow, it is such a gift that people are doing this. They're also like supporting rest- local restaurants. So great for you. Okay, yeah. so your pandemic snack game. Yeah, okay. Okay, I mean, okay, I see. I'm you still working like- through, I mean, I'm still working through the masa. It was, I ordered a lot. It's too much. <laughs> it's in the freezer now. But I don't know. I think I was just desperate for a taste of Mexico. So I'm like from another life, you know what I mean? So I just like, I get the Peruvian chocolates thing. It's like, this is a tasty little thing. Feels special. And I think that that goes a lot, a long way right now, that kind of feeling. Well, thank you so much for being in the podcast, Camila. Monica, it has been an honor, as always, to talk to you, to hear how you are developing as an artist, how you're managing in these times that are just wild, wild and ever evolving. So uh, thank you for being you. Thank you for being not only my work wife, but my pandemic wife. Oh my God, do I get that title? (laughs) Bye. Radio Aluna Teatro is produced by Aluna Theater with the support from the Metcalf Foundation, 
the Laidlaw Foundation, the Canada Council for the Arts, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Toronto Arts Council. Aluna Theatre is Beatriz Pisano and Trevor Schwellness, with Sue Ballant and Gia Namens. Radio Aluna Theatre is produced by Camila Diaz Varela and Monica Garrido. For more about Aluna Theatre, visit us at alunatheatre.ca, follow at Aluna Theatre on Twitter or Instagram, or like us on Facebook. Follow and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. This podcast is recorded in Toronto, or Dogarondo, the territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the Wendat Nation, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and nations recorded and unrecorded. We are deeply thankful to these nations for stewarding the land so that we might live in peace and respect for each other. As it is outlined in the Dish with One Spoon Wampup, that all people who live here, settlers, indigenous folks, and others, must adhere to. Miigwech and Nyawangoa.